Good afternoon. This is Bill Young, and welcome to Prayer and Lunch Podcast. Today we're doing episode number two for in the uh, and number one for connecting the dots to heaven, part one. Now, how I came up with this title, connecting the dots, for those who may not be aware of it, uh, back in 9-11, uh, they stated, the commission stated that uh, the analyst did not collect, connect the dots. And of course, this is untrue. Now, uh, how do I notice? Folks, most of us probably wouldn't be surprised because a lot of bad things have happened since then, you know, starting from Parkland to Las Vegas to Orlando. And authorities had uh, ideas about those individuals even before the incident happened. So that's also, in some respect, the same thing that happened in 9-11, prior to 9-11. Uh, at the time, I was a financial analyst uh, uh, for the government agency, one of them. And um, I was working in the drug organized crime area for that agency. And so it was a part of our job to uh, analyze the, uh, the, it's called the SARs, uh, Specific Activity Reports, SARs. And the reason why originally that uh, it started uh, with CTRs, which we all kind of know more of, which is the 10000 limit. If you put more than $10,000 in cash uh, at your local bank, you have to, and other facilities like car dealerships, uh, also mandatory, anything cash, you have to do the CTR and to file one. But for those sometimes, they uh, to avoid the CTR, they they file, uh, a bank files, it's called an SAR. And that's when they're suspicious about some kind of activity that's going on. So it's kind of open to interpretation uh, of the banks. So uh, back then in uh, uh, the summer of 2001, uh, we were getting reports uh, from these banks on the SARs, from all, you name it, all over the the country. And uh, so every department would get these SARs, copies of them, from white collar to healthcare fraud to uh, drug organized crime, all the different areas. And uh, so this one was called uh, Electronic Communications, EC. Uh, I could see the titles of who got these, uh, these uh, SARs and who was on the list. And uh, all those I uh, stated were on the list, but I noticed one group, uh, our counterterrorism, was not getting these. So I I went to uh, my supervisor and I you know I no told him about what I noticed, and he says, "Well, go uh, over to uh, uh, the analyst on that side of the house," <laughs> and uh, which. Was well, kind of more of a challenge because you kind of they were like enclosed, so you had to knock on the door and they had to let you in <laughs> because they were secretive compared to I uh, guess what we did. So I uh, I showed this uh, analyst who worked for that department, 
and uh, gave uh, examples and copies of these SARs and uh, how they could help them in any kind of uh, 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 criminal activity that was going on. And so she thought it was a good idea and that's something they should be doing. And just to let you know now, they, of course, they, they are doing it. It took a few years after 9-11 before they finally decided to go on board and they said it was worth doing. So uh, she went to her supervisor. And at the time, I guess it was an acting supervisor. And he stated, no, we cannot look at this act, uh, look at this because basically these people uh, in the counterterrorism area, they had not committed a crime yet. And they were not, well, there's an interpretation if they were committing a, a criminal activity because if you're planning to blow up uh, twin, uh, twin, twin powers, you're definitely doing criminal activity and the souls of over 3,000 of those who died in 9-11, it's, it was a horrible thing. And believe me, I cried about it. I mean, I prayed for those souls and I cried about it because um, it could have been stopped, in my opinion. At the time, before they were, uh, before 9-11 occurred, they were actually uh, uh, living in a, down here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. This came out, of course, after the fact. And so they were making deposits in banks, you know, small amounts, maybe $2,000 cash, different times. So if someone was analyzing it and looking at them, and I mean, you had to communicate with the banks, of course, the banks would give you the SARs and they would have caught those names before 9-11 occurred. So... That's what the analysts felt, that uh, 9-11 could have been avoided to least to some extent, or to, it may have been stopped altogether. And so that's why by connecting the dots is an important thing. And just to let you know, this, the analysts from the counterterrorism, and I, I wasn't working for them at the time, but we were connecting the dots. So... After the fact, after 9-11, I, of course, went back to her and she told me the story of what happened. Uh, this didn't happen. But I tell you this, uh, when I was giving this and doing these reports before I was about to go on vacation, this was in the summer of 9-11, uh, I knew, like a gut feeling, that it was important for me to show this information to this analyst. And uh, so God... Believe it or not, people ask, but why would God allow all these things? Well, we all know free will, but God does try to stop it. And he gives you opportunities to stop it. But they don't listen. People don't listen. That same thing that happened down here in Parkland. They knew about this guy. They knew he was, he was crazy. And even, even in his uh, interview with the police after he was caught, you know, he said that it was uh, Satan and devil that didn't know either helped him or pushed him along, let's say that. So either he's just totally crazy, which that's a possibility, or really Satan is involved. So this is like kind of like good versus evil. So you kind of have to understand that uh, um, uh, the devil doesn't want to hear this, doesn't want to hear this. And matter of fact, this is the second time uh, for me doing the record this recording, because the first time for somehow it didn't, Take. I saw 40-something minutes, and then all of a sudden, 
when I thought it was sending it out, it said zero, zero. So hopefully this time it will work. And so it could have been just my fault. Let's put it that way. And uh, so connecting the dots. Well, a few of the dots I, I see is, um, uh, let me tell you a story about one, a good story first. I was having uh, problems with work. This was after the 9-11. And even though what I did and I told, <laughs> you'd think uh, this, I, w I would be considered like the number one uh, uh, or number two analyst in the country. You know, if, if they had listened to me, I could have stopped 9-11. Or they didn't want me talking too much. So that's your interpretation, what you see. Anyway, um, so I was praying the rosary. And you know how we always get in trouble. This is we go, we turn to Mary, and her rosary. And uh, so the the first time I did it, uh, I I after the Our Fathers, I had uh, my aunt, Sister Mary Teresa, who was a sister for over fifty years, maybe sixty years, for a long time. But I, you know, I loved her, but I really never took her seriously in her calling. I mean, she would give me rosy beads, picture cards, even a Bible that I didn't read until many years later after his, her death. And uh, so I, I, I did this rosary, mentioned her name between every hour, Father B and I said, I hope, you know, it's been 13 years since you passed that you're in heaven already. I figured she wasn't going to spend 13 years in purgatory because she was a good person and she was dedicated her whole life to our Lord Jesus Christ. And her name was uh, Sister Mary Teresa, just like Sister Mary Teresa of Calcutta. <laughs> just a little coincidence there. I had a throw in. Anyway, so when you have those two names as you as you uh, as you pick your uh, your uh, your saints and the Blessed Mother, you know I think uh, those are two powerful names to to be. So anyway, I've afterwards I've I was at home doing this rosary. And I felt this greatest love and joy. And my son was sitting across from me. I just gave him a big hug and said, you know, that I loved him. And uh, so the next day, I happened to be at work. So I had to do it at lunchtime. And so I kind of went inside my car, kind of snuck down so no one would see me pray the rosary. You know, I guess I was a little embarrassed. You know, I wasn't going to tell people what I'm doing. So again, I did the same thing. And so after uh, every decade of the Our Father, I would mention uh, that I know uh, uh, my aunt, Sister Mary Teresa, is in heaven now. Please help me in, in this situation. And did that after every Our Father beat. So then again, uh, when the rosary was over, I again, I felt this greatest love and joy. I mean, great love. So when I went out of my car and going back to the office, people, you know, coming out from work, going to their lunch or wherever they were going, and again, I felt this greatest love, but these was to everyone, people I didn't even know. People I may have liked, I didn't like. It was to everyone. So I say connecting the dots. Well, one of the dots, love thy neighbor as yourself. So that's certainly a dot to be connected. And then about, uh, and I kind of forgot about it, and uh, about two or three months later, my sister Susie from New York uh, was visiting me. And I gave, and I told her about this story, and her eyes got really big. And she, she said to me, "Wow, she happened to go thirteen years earlier, gone to uh, 
my aunt's uh, funeral because I couldn't make it at the time because my wife was uh, expecting a baby. And she said uh, the day of the funeral, she felt that same feeling. So Sister Mary Teresa, Sister Rally, when basically she, she skipped uh, purgatory for it was a couple of days, she went to heaven pretty much right away. She's not a canonized saint, but she is a saint. Anyone in heaven is a saint. So that's important. But what is more important, what is heaven like? This is a place we want to go. We kind of have to know what we like. And you know what it is? It's the greatest love. And it shouldn't surprise anyone. And love thy neighbor. Love of everyone there in heaven. You just don't love like, oh, I love you, but no, I don't like. No, it's no. It's love of everyone. Love thy neighbor as yourself. And that is what heaven is all about. So if you don't want to do that, then uh, you're going to have a problem. You're not going to be going to heaven. So I, I think that's one dot <laughs> I connected personally. And then uh, just recently, on that side, the dark side, I was talking to someone about a dream they had. And they were on a Ferris wheel. And they were sitting in the middle of two individuals. Got it alone, and it seemed like they didn't, she didn't know those individuals. And um, I don't know what was totally happening, but she felt these other individuals come and a tug on her legs and her feet, trying to push her out of that Ferris wheel. Now, we could speculate where she was going to go, but my speculation, well, this person's soul was hiding from the devil's, Satan's, demons, who were trying to bring her down to hell. Now, of course, I told her uh, this person, and uh, she stated, no, no, that's just your interpretation. But it's kind of an insight of what maybe hell would be like for some of us, and I hope none of us, but it's going to be really scary. Because you may have to be hiding from these these demons. It looks like uh, that the demons come trying to grab all those who did not go directly to hell, who belonged there. Because definitely won't take take to heaven. I think heaven you just kind of floating up, and uh, you know you're staying in heaven. You're not you're not fighting to not to go to heaven. But if you know and someone's fighting you to go down, you know you who who's trying to get you and, and where they're going to try to take you. You're going to fight as much as you can, and uh, it's not a good thing. I think it's scary. If I was this individual who had this dream, I would be praying the rosary every day, day and uh, doing uh, divine mercy and doing whatever I could. Spend every day in church, <laughs> every morning or every afternoon or any time. I would dedicate my whole life to this. Wait, I think that's what I'm trying to do now. But I didn't have this scary dream, thank God, because I would have May have had a heart attack and, and and died from it because it was like, that was very scary. So now that we know a little bit what heaven and what to avoid in hell, let's try to connect a little more of those thoughts. And uh, some of the things, of course, it's always conferences you could, we could go to and we kind of like bypass it like, oh, I don't have time. It's not important. But I learn a lot from these conferences. Uh, one of the gentlemen, Father uh, Marian Priest, I've seen twice uh, in uh, Abaya Maria University. And I look forward to go again this year, too. Last year he was there, uh, Father Chris Aguilar. And um, he's going to be doing for the Marians, 
divine mercy. He's going to be doing the 33 days in morning, uh, merciful love, a retreat companion. And there's something I'm very excited about. He's also going to be doing a starting uh, in, uh, I guess, March 25th through April 28th, a weekly podcast. And I've been telling people, please do podcasts. Matter of fact, uh, they anchor asks you to, uh, uh, record a, uh, why you should be doing a, a, a podcast. Why should everyone be doing a podcast? Because your personal experience is different than my personal experiences. And we, you could uh, talk to or get people who I don't even know, friends, family members of yours, work, co-workers, whoever. I have no idea. I would never come in contact with them. But you do. So that's why I suggest everyone do. It's it's not a competition. It's not like, oh, I'm doing better than you. I'm getting more listeners than you. No, it's like God came to save everyone, all the sinners in the world. And that's what we're going to be doing, praying for today in the, uh, Divine Mercy. And the first uh, day one is all mankind, especially all sinners. And I think that's kind of like all of us. I know I am. I'm, I'm not free from that. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd probably be like running around looking for a place to hide uh, from those demons. <laughs> not very funny. It'd be scary. Because once you go there, you know you're not coming back. That is a very scary feeling. So uh, in this, this series, I want to, that's why I'm calling part one in connecting the dots to heaven. Uh, I want to uh, get different theologians, priests, like, like maybe Father Chris Aguilar or Father Michael Gately, who's coming down here February 8th, and he's going to be at uh, St. Vincent uh, Catholic Church in Delray Beach. It's about 40 minutes north of here. So anyone uh, in uh, South Florida, I recommend to go because you get a lot of insight. There's one book uh, I read or I'm in the process of reading, and he's got his DVDs. Uh, you did it to me, a merciful guide. And it's about mercy and what we could do. And we all think of, well, okay, we could do a, a tithing of 10%, 5% to church, 5% to charities, or to the ABCD drive. But it's more. God asks us more. He, he stated when this, this woman, uh, they were in the temple, was giving her last two pennies, two pence. And he stated she gave more, and she's gonna, God is going to appreciate more her and everyone else combined, because those other ones gave it from their wealth, from the excess. But she gave it from the, the uh, her, her suffering. So then in, in this book, another thought I learned, is sacrificial giving. Uh, Father Michael Gailey states, when he was a student, uh, they were giving up soda. And then they put a little fund away. But just think of it this way, when I know when I give something up for Lent, and hopefully we all do, I never connected the dots of what you give up to the financial portion to be giving to the charity for the sacrificial portion. For example, you know, I gave up, some years past, I gave, gave up ice cream or candy. One year I was on a cruise, a uh, 10-day cruise, so I gave up alcohol because that's flowing a lot. Imagine if I gave that, that's a lot of money too, by the way. I'm talking about $400 if you wanted the package of all you could drink. And uh, so I did not get the package and I did not drink alcohol. And But if I had known, I could have put that money away to the charity. That, would, that could have been my uh, ABCD drive for the whole year. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's another dot that I personally have connected. 
again, my connection is not going to be your connection. And uh, so with the uh, uh, Hearts of Fire, uh, please, uh, you could call 1-800-462-7426 or allheartsoffire.org backslash DMS 2019. And uh, I believe a groups uh, are going to be doing the 33 Days of of merciful love, the packets and kits, they're going to get 25% off, so you get a discount too. And uh, Father Chris Aguilar will be doing a podcast from March 26th to the 28th, and then live on uh, EWTN on Divine Mercy Sunday, uh, they will recite our prayer on air live. So that's great. Uh, we'll want to definitely hear that and see that. So that's an extremely important day. So Divine Mercy Sunday, that connector, not a dot, <laughs> that we all need. Uh, so there's a lot of dots. I mean, I'm just going to confession, reconciliation. You know, we can make excuses. I mean, it's a, a time factor in a lot of churches. So they may have it like once a week at uh, for a half hour. And you have to be working on doing something that day. You miss out for that week. So uh, some other churches, they have it more accessible uh, for example, before uh, weekend masses, the Sunday masses or Saturday uh, masses, and um, that gives me. I did that when I was a child growing up. They always before mass, they always would have confession, but for some reason, uh, I guess they don't have enough priests or a time factor that uh, it's it's not done. It's very rare that these, uh, many parishes do that. So, going to confession to me would be. Again, another dot. So, praying the uh, chapel of Divine Mercy and, the, and uh, doing the Divine Mercy Novena is another dot, but not necessary for us. We can't always, you know, think about ourselves. We have to think about others, our family. Don't we want our family members, our spouses, our children, our friends, our co-workers, people we've met, people we don't even know yet? Because God didn't tell us, it's, oh, one person, no, you need this people, you need that person. No, here's the goal to the world. And that's why I do the podcast, to be honest with you. It's not it's not for me. I don't think uh, I've got any brownie points going to heaven for doing a podcast. Maybe you do. I don't know that what the Lord has. But I know I am the servant of the Lord, and uh, I need to be doing this. And all those who believe should also be doing it. Because, again, as I stated, they're going to reach people I, I don't even know. Family members, and relatives, and co-workers, and people that just may meet in the street. You, you don't know. You bump into people all the time. I know uh, uh, taking a cruise. Remember I told you about the cruise that I gave up alcohol. I think I was blessed by doing that. Uh, this one gentleman who who took uh, was a taxi. He took me from the the ship to church on a, a Sunday, and uh, he told me it was Granada, that was the island, and ninety percent of uh, people on an island are Catholics. And so I asked him was a Catholic. He said yes, and but he really didn't have time to go to church because he had to work. He was you know providing for his family, uh, uh, driving his taxi. So I I mentioned what I had and. Uh, also, I said, well, you know, here's a couple of rosaries. I gave one for him and one for his wife. You know, maybe when you're a free moment, do a rosary. 
how important that was. He said he will. And uh, he actually waited for me uh, after Mass, which was a great experience. I'll tell you guys, when you're on vacation, it's, it's, if you're missing out on Mass, Sunday Mass, or any kind of Mass, you're missing out big time because it, you, it's, it's a different experience. This was, it was very interesting because, of course, it was a regular Mass like we always know, but their, their choir was a little different. <laughs> it was more like a, you know, I had to say it's more like a, a Protestant choir, you know, uh, they were singing. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.